Hello and welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle Dyson, a single life empowerment coach, helping single women to embrace the single life. Whether you're looking to date or stay single, this is the place to talk about relationships, living alone, going on solo trips and more. And we have got over 50 different episodes about single life, covering all those topics, the topics that you've DM'd me with, the questions that you've asked me during sessions, and I've then turned that into something useful that you can access at any time, whenever you need it. And some of you even like to go back and start following it up and have messaged saying how useful it is for helping you to change your mind about single life, to the inspiration that you get to go out there and do things on your own. So if you have been listening for a while, drop us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Otherwise, if you're here for the first time, welcome. There's plenty of content here on TikTok and on Instagram, as well as the courses I run and the events where we bring single women together to find one another for friendship. And today, we are going to be talking about something that I started to notice and keep noticing that's coming up in the news and the way that we as singles sometimes are targeted as a group of people. Now, there were two articles that caught my attention, and if you are already on TikTok, you might have seen the videos because it had quite a lot of discussion based on both of them. The first one was entitled, Should We Tax the Childless? It appeared in the Sunday Times and was from demographer Paul Morland. The second one was, Child-Free Travellers Should Be Banned From Going On Holiday This Summer, and it featured in The Telegraph. Now, technically, that's not a direct attack on single people alone. It is anyone that is child-free and not least childless as well. There are couples that choose not to have children, whether that's ever or yet. There are people that are unable to have children. It's not an option for them to have a biological child. And so there might even be some trauma related to that. And it even goes towards people that go away that have adult children, whether you go away on your own as a couple um, or with other family members. There's so many caveats to this, but it does include us as single people. So the first one was talking about taxing the childless, asking us to pay more money because we don't have children, therefore surely we have more money, but as a sort of penalty for not having children and supporting the growth of population and economy, that we should have to pay more. Now, my response to that video was very much that, that population growth is a genuine concern. It has slowed. I've previously spoken on here about how many women are waiting to have children at 30, and it's getting later and later, and that's not an uncommon stat that people know about in general. But at the same time, we already pay into a tax system that we don't necessarily get out. You know, by not having children, we don't need some of the child tax credits that might be available to us if we needed them. And we don't have the children that are using it for their education. We did, probably, when we were younger. We're in the education system and the university system. However, we don't have the children that are benefiting from that yet or maybe ever but we pay into that system through our taxes. The other one was to do with summer holidays and the author of the article experienced comments made whilst they were aboard with their family from an elderly couple who were complaining about children in the restaurant. Now, I can understand that, 
but I don't know if it needs the response of completely banning all child-free people from going on holiday in summer. The biggest argument against that was the fact that some people just don't have a choice of when they get to go, whether it's the job they have, if you're a teacher or in the education system potentially, you don't have any choice but to go at that time. And other people in other jobs have system shutdowns and it's the quieter time of the year, so they're allowed more time off then. And alternatively, you might just want to go away for the nicest weather, or you might want to go away with your family. So you might book as a solo traveller, but you might be meeting up with the fact that your family, which does have children involved, that's the only time they can go, so you want to go as well. There's so much to it, and most of the time, people that can go away outside of the specific summer holiday time do. They go a week or two before to get the good weather, but they also don't want to have to spend the extra money that going at summer holidays does. So... Generally speaking, people that go away in the summer holidays have a reason to go away in the summer holidays. We don't often put the extra onus of pay on us anyway, given that if you solo travel, sometimes you get the single surplus or most of the time you get the single surplus anyway. But it started to come to my attention that felt like sometimes we were in the groups that were under attack. And whilst my points would always be made to defend us, as opposed to attacking. There were lots of comments in response to the TikTok that were targeted towards them as the couples, the ones that had children, and that whole idea that, oh, well, because of their poor choices, they've got to deal with all the big holidays and they should have to deal with it, etc. I don't tend to go back and attack people based on that. Defence and reasoning, to me, are the strongest ways to do that. But it does also the question of understanding why it is that they feel that they can put that suggestion towards us to tax us more for being child free or to say well you can't go away at this time we didn't build the system that tells us that children can only go away at that that time of year it's part of our education system it's part of the way of making our education system strong that's part of having children you generally know that you're about to commit to 15 years or more of going away in the busiest, most expensive time of the year. And that problem is not for single people to be solving. That's for people that regulate flights and, and the way that money is. But it got me thinking further about the expectations that are placed on single people and how it sometimes feels like we're told what we should be doing, that we're encouraged to act in a particular way because we're single and that if we're not meeting that, then it's a bit of a problem or people can find it really difficult. And the one that comes up the most is this idea around dating. We often feel the pressure to be dating because people assume that if we are single, then we aren't happy. And therefore, the only way for us to become happy and be fulfilled in our lives and have that success is to get a relationship. And that is the single biggest pressure, I think, that single people are under and that we fall into the trap of following because we hear it so much and see it so much and we're targeted added for it so much that we think we should be out there dating. When I'm here to tell you the opposite, you can be happy, fulfilled and accomplished being single without a partner and without doing any dating activity that leads you to a relationship. Now, you don't have to want that. You can always pursue a relationship. But there is a valid version of this world where you don't have to be coupled up. Now, 
I will openly admit I don't believe that we should live in isolation forever. But I do believe that you could live in your house on your own and not have an intimate relationship that stands the test of time and still be happy. I have that as a firm belief. You might have a relationship where you never live together or you just may never have a relationship at all. I do believe in human connection, having experiences together and having friendships. That way of living with others is a way to do the whole social connection thing without having a life partner or multiple long term relationships if you don't want to. But it seems that everybody assumes that if you are single, whether that's recently single or long term single, that you have to be dating. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, but it's the one that sticks out to me the most because I remember when I was going through my divorce and my separation and it would have only been a mere matter of not even months, maybe weeks to months where people would ask me, how's it going on the dating sites? I absolutely shouldn't have been on any dating sites at that point, though I was because it was a new place I'd never been before. My experience of dating apps started at 26 because at 18, 19, I hadn't needed them. I was meeting people naturally, organically through the way that you do at uni and school. But people had that expectation of finding someone and people would say, oh, it'd be good when you find someone, you could settle down again and find someone that's right for you, etc." It was like it was that target that I had to get to again. And that was the whole thing I was trying to escape was all of these things that I thought I had to do or should do in order to be happy and successful when I really needed to take a moment to step back and reevaluate everything and work it out rather than rushing back into something. Dating is emotional, particularly for those with that feminine energy around them, those that get invested in that way, in the anxious attachment style, which I now know lots more about and know how to manage better. But it seems that we can feel that pressure and expectation. So why do people do it? When in the case of the articles, I think it's easy to target at us as one of the groups and many of us fit into that child-free group. So it wasn't directly at us, but give it time. I'm sure an article or two will appear and it just targets singles. And it's very easy to kind of pit this us v them mentality, which is what's going on around the world, right? When you look at Brexit, when you look at America, when you look here at us with the general election that will happen in soon or the prime minister running that's going on at the moment. It's all about pitting people against one another. And it's it's really good to do that because it polarises people. I mean, I don't think it's good to do that, but it works for the media. It works for getting reactions out. It gives that 50-50 divide that we're seeing nearly everywhere. So it's very easy to do. And absolutes such as banning people from summer holidays is a really easy way to get someone's attention. It's why it got my attention, because it's completely outrageous and extreme. Let's be reasonable here. At the same time, with that in mind, I think there sometimes is that tinge. It looks like we're having a great time being single. And there maybe is some sense of regret, some sense of, well, that's not fair, that we have the freedom that we do. Because when you're single, you have less obligations. You have less things that you're expected to do. Less expectations are placed on you. As much as we still have a set, we have an ability once we push back on some of the people putting pressure on us, once we hold our boundaries and we step into our own, we can do what we want when we want. And there isn't 
a child that needs seeing to or a partner that needs our attention quite so much. I would still advocate being there for your friends, but it is much easier because you're not come to first all the time. Maybe you're second or third. And that does make life a little bit easier. And maybe it seems obvious that we're the people that then should be paying for that because we're not ensuring the hardship of parenthood, of having children, which is a really difficult job from a teacher perspective. I absolutely love them. I think that they're wonderful, but raising children is hard. And you can check out the episodes I talk about not wanting children or debating that idea and, and seeing the reality through my friends. But maybe people's perception is that we also have a lot more disposable income as well, which isn't true. Yes, you do spend a lot on children, but if you're in a two-person household, potentially your income is more stable in that way and you split the bills a lot more. If you're single and live alone in particular, you end up spending more on your housing, whereas couples spend more on their food and getting takeaways in. So they have those extra little luxuries sometimes. And then the other thing that drives why people tell us what they think we should be doing, whether it's explicit, like get yourself back out there and find a nice man that's going to make you happy. Ugh. Or just implied. So when you do start doing something that they thought was what they expected you to do, they go, oh, it's nice to see you back on your feet. Nice to see you back on track is the phrase that I really don't like because it suggests that there was a path I was meant to be getting back to. And I don't see those achievements as the path. I see my mood and my state as the path. So unless I've made it explicitly clear that it's nice to see me happy, it's nice to see me proud of what I'm doing, it's nice to see me being who I really am, different phrasing. But if it's to do with the actual external things that I'm doing, yes, no, I see where you're coming from sometimes, but it might fit into what they thought was success and what they thought that I or we should be doing. And that's because they've got a narrative in their mind. We build this narrative up from childhood. Everyone has stories. Everyone has beliefs based on what they were brought up to believe. And everyone's is different. I was brought up with the belief that we should absolutely go to university. There was no doubt about it. Though my brother actually did want to go travelling, for example. He did go to uni in the end. For me, it was a no-brainer. I also went to a school that heavily encouraged that, and I don't believe there was an alternative really suggested. I mean, it probably was legality-wise. They probably did have to, but the general environment. And that is going to change. When I am a teacher and I speak to children, I've been ahead of you, I'm like, what are you going to do at sixth form college? What are you going to do after that? Initially, I used to be shocked when children used to say, I'm not going to go to uni. Now I'm very open to the fact that loads of people don't go to uni, you don't have to go to uni, but it shocked my own belief because my upbringing was you went to uni, whereas their upbringing might even be that their parents never went, so they won. And everyone is developing this story of what they should do, what they think is best for them, usually based on their early childhood environment, which is usually your parents and your family, and then your schooling. And whatever that is, determines probably what you might do, unless you're very much encouraged to form your own path, even from an early age, and you don't have that judgment coming in from parents and their expectations around you. They are only ever doing what they think is right. So when parents encourage you to go to uni, it's because they think it's going to give you the best chance in life. There's generally not negative reasons for it. You know, they might want to, they might want you to live out the thing that they didn't do. There is that. We hear about that sometimes. 
or that they'll be proud of you for doing that because they see that as achievement. So when people say to us, are you dating? How's dating going? You met a nice person yet? They're only talking from their belief point. They're only talking from the narrative that they and probably the majority of the people in their environment know. And you'll probably look and it's what they did. It's what they did to feel that sense of accomplishment and fulfillment. And most people are on that expectation. They do want to find a partner to settle down with and create a family. That's not an uncommon narrative. However, I'm here to challenge that narrative. That narrative isn't for everybody. It might work for a good majority or it might be the thing that lots of people try and later down the line realise isn't for them, whether that's sooner or later. But you don't have to do things the way people expect you to. If I had done things the way people had expected me to, I would still be married. I'd probably have children by now or at least be pregnant on, on the way to that idea. And I would still be a teacher because all of that relies on me having that stability, at least. I would not have taken the risks that I've taken, which is quitting a full-time secure job as we're about to go into a recession during COVID. I would not have left my marriage and started all over again. And I wouldn't change that element for the world now that I've had the three-year experience that I've had since doing so. And so dating has been a part of my three-year journey. It's been fascinating to learn some of the things about myself through dating, but to have that kind of fixed outcome that I was looking for someone to repeat almost exactly what I'd done again would have just been dangerous territory. I needed to pick up on that repeating pattern that I was probably using relationships to make myself feel better and validated, that I didn't need to date and have someone to be with for a long time. And actually all of the failures as it would be and all the teachings from every dating experience I've ever had have been able to let me work on that. And it won't just be dating, although it's one of the biggest ones that seems to drive us. And it's hard pushing back. So when I make a statement back, when I make a podcast or make a blog post that pushes back against these people, that's easy to some degree because it's not fully anonymous. Obviously, I put myself out there with my name, my face and say those things. But I'm not directly having the conversation with anyone, which is harder to navigate in the moment. When we're also dealing with friends and family who have a particular view of us and, and how we should be, that feels harder because we don't want to push them away. But we are also frustrated potentially by their suggestion of needing to find someone to be happy. And so one, this podcast is about making sure that you do go out there and start to embrace a version of life that you are happy with. And if that is the normal narrative, by the way, then that's also completely valid. I'm not saying that that isn't a possible thing for people. But I want you to be sure, just like I did in the last episode, to really ask yourself that question of are you happy? Whatever your scenario is, whether you're single, whether you want to get into a relationship or don't. And that will change over time. What you want changes. Who you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to do every day will change as your life progresses and you get new ideas, see new perspectives, experience new things. And so you might want to be single right now and have no expectation on yourself today. But later down the line, you might change your mind and decide you do want to. But that doesn't mean that you weren't happy at the times that you weren't doing those things. So when... People have that expectation of dating on us. It's about reframing what we're talking about. 
they say, when are you going to settle down and find a man that's going to make you happy? Well, you turn around and say, I'm actually having a great time being single. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm working on this. And I genuinely don't have any interest in finding someone else. If I happen to meet someone that fits in and enhances that life, that meets what I'm already getting from all the other things, then so be it. But right now, I am happy as I am, happy doing what I'm doing. And not all people are prepared to hear that. They will doubt you. They will say things to reiterate their belief because by you making your statement puts their belief into question. What they believed you're saying doesn't apply to you when that is in their head what is true. And so sometimes you're not going to win with certain people that have had those beliefs for forever and don't want to change them. And sometimes you will just have to grin and bear it and write it off. And you need some way to get that out without making an argument with them and getting the hump if there's someone that you care about. But then having a place to vent about that, to share that experience. And that's what the Single Girls Club is all about in our online community. So for those that can't make it to an in-person event, we also have an online platform where people share their experiences, talk about single life and celebrate it together. And that sometimes does include the frustrations that are within that. And surrounding yourself and increasing the people that do allow you to believe whatever it is you want to be. They don't have to believe the same things as you, though it's nice to have. But anyone that just accepts what you are doing because it's the best for you and they encourage you to be yourself is a valuable friend enough. Anyone that tries to keep you in a particular lane is only going to hold you back and it's going to make the resistance even harder when you're trying to be exceptional and wonderful and being your own. So whether it is following someone like myself on Instagram, listening to this podcast, you're here already, welcome. Or just finding those people that encourage you to be you, that's going to help you to push back when people think it's okay to tell us what to do or put that expectation on us. Now, I don't deny population growth is a problem that does need addressing, but it's going to plateau anyway. So making more babies is not the answer. Encouraging everyone to have them doesn't work. The earth is going to it's going to curve off at some point not going to be able to sustain it. Summer holidays are not our problem. Talk to the airline companies who know when everyone goes away on holiday. So therefore talk to the government about when they do school holidays. At the same time, as an educational person, it is a nightmare to have children coming out. And also, can you imagine if schools were allowed to set their own holidays and you had two children at two different schools that have different holidays? So it is a logistical nightmare, don't get me wrong but then regulate the airlines and the cost. It's either going to make it more expensive for all of us or cheaper for the people at summer holidays. And there you go, suddenly we're paying more, even though we're going away at a different time. Who knows? I don't have the answer to that. It's not our job to come up with the answers. People are paid to deal with those things. Yet, yes, I do have to accept that if they bring in a tax for single people, if I want to still stay here and live here, I'm going to have to pay it. I wouldn't be pleased with it. But fine, there is an acceptance sometimes that we have to choose. But I'd like to think we'd be able to push back against that one together. Single people might be an easy target because we're technically on our own. And it appears that we don't have any backup. We don't have that instant person for automatic backup of our life. Well, I'm here to say that I'm here in the corner being your automatic backup to validate your single life and say you can be happy. You can do it that way. You don't have to be dating now or ever. You don't have to have children now or ever. You can be single and enjoy it. I'm here in your corner.
through this podcast and genuinely want to be able to celebrate single life with all of you from afar or in person at the events at our New Year's Eve getaway, wherever it might be. So if you find that someone is starting to tell you what to do, stand up for yourself a little bit. Doesn't have to be really bold and direct and aggressive, but just reaffirming to yourself that you're great the way you are and don't need to keep finding a relationship to be happy. Let's dispel that myth. Let's get rid of it. Let's rip that one right up. It's the worst one because it catches you and it makes you potentially get into something that you don't really need. You're just using that until that doesn't work anymore. I've been there, done that. And I'm sure plenty of you have too. So let's keep focusing on ourselves, keep getting used to being our own company, being our biggest supporter and sharing that experience together. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating your single life.